0: Hello, and welcome to The Brawl Project. Welcome back, everyone, to The Brawl Project, the weekly podcast all about brawl. I'm your host, Sunnyvale. I write a weekly column on Star City Games all about Brawl, also entitled The Brawl Project. Today marks the end of the Magic Arena Brawl event where people have been able to build their own Brawl decks and play against other people's Brawl creations. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about said Brawl Queue, the Rise of Historic Brawl, which was sneakily introduced in an update that also launched this week's Brawl event. We'll talk about a tournament that happened over the past weekend. And spoiler alert, it was won by Oko and Reddit is not happy about Okio. We'll get to that. And finally, we will be going over my power rank of what I think the top 10 commanders are in Brawl right now. So let's get started. Let's talk about that Brawl queue that was introduced last For those of you who don't know, the first time anyone got to play Brawl on Magic Arena was about a month ago, right before the release of Throne Eldraine, in what was called the Courtside Brawl event, where players were given one of the four pre-constructed Brawl decks and battled each other using the Brawl rules. Last week began the true launch of Brawl on Magic Arena, where players were able to build their own decks and then join a queue where they get got to play against other people with their own creation. Unfortunately, this queue isn't a permanent fixture. It's gonna be going away, well, today, by the time this podcast is posted, and the queue will be back, but only as a special event on Wednesdays of each week. However, you will be able to continue to direct challenge, and we'll talk more about direct challenge. So let's talk about this brawl queue that we've had for the past week. First of all, I have to say it's been a ton of fun. It's been a huge breath of fresh air to be playing brawl on Magic Arena rather than trying to play the draft format which is being taken over by Mildex and or standard which is absolutely run over by Oko deck. Now, that's not to say that the queue was clearly devoid of Oko, but there was a lot of diversity and creativity that I encountered on the Brawl queue. I would go as far to say as to say that I don't even think that Oko was in the top five most popular commanders that I ended up facing. There were the really strong Golos and Torbrand decks that you might expect, but also there were a lot of much more creative decks. For example, I encountered a lot of Yarok the Desecrated or Niv-Mizzet Reborn, two cards Cards that you really just don't see instructed. They aren't known as being standard powerhouses like Oko or Golos or Torbran. Now, those of you who have been following me know that I've been making a ton of Brawl decks and coming up with as many strategies as I could with the release of Brawl in mind. But even so, I saw a number of decks this past week that I just truly wasn't expecting. Some that really impressed me include the Royal Scions, which benefits both from effects that capitalize on having higher powers such as Cranko Tin Street Hooligan, but also cards that care about drawing a second card in a turn, such as, uh, I think it's called Ironcrag Pyromancer. It's, it says when you draw your second card of your turn, deal three damage to any target. And it even capitalizes on synergies that care about discarding cards, such as Lintorn Buccaneer or even Bag of Holding. So I was really impressed by the Royal Scion. Another one that impressed me is Ayara First of Lothwain, which has a draining ability anything, anytime a creature enters the battlefield, a black creature enters the battlefield. And when I saw this card, I thought that it's sacrifice effect and sacrifice a black creature in order to draw a card. I thought that that was going to be the main selling point of the of the card, but it turns out that those pings really add up and you can kill someone pretty quickly with just lots of black creatures within Ayara as And then the third one Perhaps the most surprising to me was Sir Farron the Hengehammer. This deck was playing a lot of cards that I thought should never see either a constructed or limited deck. It basically took all of the 1-1s one for 1 it could, including like Gingerbread, but also Inquisitive Puppet, and just followed it up with Sir Farin and then a bunch of pump spells and before you know it, you're dead. So that was something that I, when I saw Sir Farron and my opponent's first couple plays, I thought that it was going to be no problem. But boy was I impressed by this deck. It's got a lot more legs than I give it credit. Anyway, so there were a lot of really cool decks that I saw, and I'm sure everyone else saw, and it was a lot of fun just playing against the other creations that other people had. The event itself was nice. I mean, if you won up to five games, you would get Brawl Precon exclusive cards with a neat little card style to it, and generally it was just a pretty low pressure, low investment event that I really enjoyed. I certainly sank a lot of hours into this event, and I know that a lot of other streamers did as well. There were a lot of statuses on Twitter that just said brawl is fantastic let's make it a permanent fix and I would love to see that happen I maybe with the data from this event they'll come around to realizing that people really want a brawl and that they should make this a permanent fixture if they want people playing on their on their game so we'll give the folks at Watsy some time to look at the data from the event and see if they want to uh, change their plan of only having brawl on all right so something else that came with last week's update is the ability to play historic brawl a lot of people were asking asking if you play Historic Brawl on Magic Arena and I told them that there were no plans for it yet, but I was mistaken, apparently. Without any fanfare, and this is a bit strange, they added the capability of challenging friends to what's called Friendly Brawl, but it's really Historic Brawl. Any of the cards that are on Magic Arena are legal. You can play this in direct challenge, in fact, uh, any direct challenge default. With the Brawl queue, this event coming down, effectively the format is just going to be historic. And let me tell you one thing historic brawl opens up an entirely new world you have twice as many cards to work with which means that in a singleton deck you just have so many more options in fact according to noxious the mtg streamer and youtuber it's the most fun honore. now as daunting as it is to build a brawl deck, it's even more so to build a historic brawl deck just because of the number of options that you have when building this deck. So, what I did is I asked around the Discord, the Brawl Project Discord, for people's decks and see it saw if anyone wanted to share. And I compiled them and made a Reddit post on them. Please check it out if you're interested in seeing what other people have come up with for historic brawl decks, and you can use it as a launching pad for your own creativity format. Now, of course, if you want to play historic brawl, you're going to need someone to play with and the brawl project discord. is the perfect place to find other people to play Historic Brawl with. We have, not only do we have discussion channels and places where you can post your deck, but a lot of people are always looking for other people to play Historic Brawl with because it's a ton of fun and there's just, I find it unlikely that there's ever going to be a permanent queue for it. So if you want to play Historic Brawl, make sure you check out the Discord. Okay, you can play him on turn two, play him on turn three. Let's talk about Oko the Broko. So to no surprise, Oko is still the talk of Reddit after they banned Field of the Dead neglected to ban anything else in standard including brawl I suppose they didn't ban anything in brawl uh, in the ban announcement early last week Oko is incredibly powerful especially if you can play him on turn 2 with either a Gilded Goose or Arboreal Grazer which I think is actually a very good card in brawl people are really unhappy with how powerful Oko is and what it does to the format because it invalidates a lot of strategy and look I think that Oko is a messed up card but I don't think it's going to see a ban unfortunately for those people who are looking for an Oko ban, and maybe maybe it is correct to ban it, but the flagship planeswalker of a recent set that hasn't even been out for a couple months, there's no way that that's going to see a ban, in, at least in my mind. If I'm a company that's making product, I, I can't imagine Oko be- So we're just going to have to live with it for a while. There was a brawl tournament this past weekend, and to nobody's surprise, Oko took it down. It was actually a really interesting build of Oko, not exactly what I would expect. The tournament was won by Magic Arena user Droidica and it featured a really low to the ground build of Oko. The only cards that cost five or more have an X. There's no mass manipulation card that a lot of people are playing. The only cards that cost five and more in this deck are Nissa, Rolesk, Apex Hybrid, Cavalier of Thorns, Beanstalk Giant, and The Giant Henge. And you can argue that two of those might not cost five to begin with. It's playing early drops such as Benthic Biomancer, Crawl Harpooner, and it even plays Neo. It doesn't have the counterspell suites that you see in a lot of Brawl decks, opting rather for the more aggressive options Essence Capture and Frilled Mist. At first I was confused when I saw this deck list, but then it started to make a lot of sense. In a world where there's a lot of Oko, I think that you want to be able to pressure Oko as much as you can with your early plays, and while the field wasn't entirely dominated by Oko, it would make sense that there would be a lot of Oko players, and this deck would fare well in the mirror. So is this the best build of Oko, maybe, maybe not, but I think that certainly if you're expecting a a lot of Oko. it does make sense to get on the board early and and start pressuring down your opponent's planeswalk if that's what you expect so with all this talk of Oko, and with Oko being as oppressive as it is, how can you combat Oko? Well, I talked about that in my Star City Games article this week. The three decks that I featured there are Tajik's Legion's Edge, Vraska, Golgari Queen, and Nicol Bolas, Dragon God. I gave three lists that I felt was were able to exploit the weaknesses of Oko. So one thing about Oko is that you have to play green and blue in, in Brawl in order to play Oko, which means that you have certain limitations for deck. For example, you can't play Sweepers, and your early interaction stream limited. If you go really wide against it, like with Tajik, perhaps a Pressure Oko down and make it so that the opponent's commander isn't effective. If you play Vraska, you can kill Oko anytime because her minus three ability allows for that. Or you can just play resilient threats that don't really care about Oko's abilities. For example, planeswalkers, which are heavy in the in the Vraska decks, tend to do pretty well against Oko. If you can protect also, Vraska is able to capitalize on having permanents that aren't useful by sacrificing and draw cards. Finally, the Bolas Dragon God deck aims to just defend against Oko and then eventually grind out card advantage with Nicobolas Dragon God, because the o- the Oko decks are limited to just the threats that Green and Blue can present, which you can answer with the appropriate suite of lack removal. So check that out. It's on StarCityGames.com for a few ways of possibly answering Oko, Thief of Crown. Also I- I'd like to point out that people on Reddit are very high on suggesting just conceding when you play against. If you're playing just for fun and you're not having fun, you can just concede. That is an option. Alright, let's talk about my power rank of the 10 strongest commanders in Brawl right now. This is my evaluation of the format after just a week of playing it. And while I did ask around the discord for what other people thought, the more people that have input on this, I think the more accurate. So be sure to let me know what you think of the power rank and how you would change it if it was up to you to create a power rank of the top 10 commanders in Brawl right. There are a lot of powerful commanders in Brawl right now. And while I think these 10 are perhaps the most powerful, that doesn't mean that the commanders that aren't on here are not viable. For example, one of my favorite commanders is Tajik, Legion's Edge, who doesn't crack the top t- Alright, let's get down to it. Coming in at number 10, we have Ashiok, Dream Render. Ashiok's little-known clause of preventing other players from searching their libraries actually does come into play a fair amount in Brawl, especially with how popular Golos Now, that being said, Ashiok also is one of the better options for a Demir deck, whether you're planning on going Control or Mill or even Reanimator, as I do. You can have Ashiok target. You can have Ashiok target yourself with its minus one fueling your graveyard for potential synergies and or reanimation target but especially in brawl where the aggressive decks aren't quite as efficient and people tend to draw a lot of cards turning ashiok loose on your opponent and trying to mill them out is actually a pretty viable strategy a potent too there are certain commanders who can't beat ashiok so that's number 10 number nine we have judith the scourge diva i think no one's to no one's surprise playing a lot of small creatures and then judith makes a very difficult board to combat she just pushes a ton of damage early on at number Eight, we have Niv-Mizzet Reborn the five color commander who can draw a ton of cards I haven't seen the full ten cards. most of the time when I see Niv-Mizzet played It's cashing in for a good three or four cards And what's great about it is that there are enough multicolored answers format that you can play a nice controlling deck with Answering what your opponent does with the cards in hand and then using Niv-Mizzet to refuel that hand plenty of gas and take over the game Very powerful even one that isn't considered for standard play coming in at number seven we have Domri Anarch of Bolas, Gruul Commander. I don't think anything fancy happens with Domri, much like Judith, but giving the bonus to all the creatures, adding a little bit of mana, also allowing for the occasional removal with Domri's minus two. This is the three mana Dumri by the way. Gives it a lot of utility for the, makes it really useful for the Gruel decks to just really bash a ton of. You also get some really nice cards for being in Gruel. Two that come to mind are the Gruel Spellbreaker and Thrash and Thread. Have both been very impressive. Coming in at number six is Garrick Cursed Hunt, Very powerful planeswalker. Does an okay job of protecting itself, but I think one of the bigger draws playing a Golgari deck with Garak is that you have to the most powerful card in the format, one of the most powerful cards in the format, Casualties of If anyone has played with or against this card, you know it's absolutely sick. In Brawl, a lot of the time, you get to kill a Planeswalker, kill a creature, kill their Arcane Signet, and a land. And if you're lucky, you get an enchantment on top of it. I have a gif on Twitter of selecting all five modes of Casualties of War, and it's really satisfying. In any case, I think this might be one of the best cards in Brawl, and not a ton of commanders get access, and Garrick is one of the best. At number five, we have Nicol Bolas, Dragon God, an excellent commander for control deck, having access to a lot of the best removal in the format and also being a really tough to stop threat. I mean, if you play Nicol Bolas, not only do you get to answer something if there's only one threat on the board and and Nicol Bolas can answer either creatures or planes, but then Nicol Bolas starts getting up toward an ultimate that while drawing you cards and cutting down on your opponents by making them exile a card or second. Number four on the power rank is Vraska, Golgari Queen. I think that Vraska is absolute powerhouse in format, not only for her ability to answer Oko, I think that that is relevant. There are a lot of commanders that cost and are very powerful, but Vraska also provides a really unique effect where you can sacrifice any permanent and turn it into a card. And she gets up to pretty high amounts of loyalty pretty quickly and has an ult that threatens to win the game. So with Vraska, you can play a lot of cards such as Guild Globe, or Golden Egg, and these are essentially divination because they enter the battlefield and draw you a card, and then when you sacrifice them with Vraska, you get to cash them for another card. Anything that just creates additional permanence allows you to draw more cards with Vraska, and as I mentioned earlier, you also get access to Casualties of War, and there's probably going to a Garak Cursed Huntsman somewhere. So I think Vraska is the queen of mid-range decks in this format. She You mix her with some resilient threats and a lot of removal, and she's really hard to do. Number 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 three on this list is Torbran, Thane of Redfell. I think a lot of people knew that Torbran was going to be very good. You just play cheap red cards for the first three turns of the game. And then on turn four you play Torbran and all of a sudden all of your 1-1s are attacking for three. Cavaclade of Calamity hits for three per trigger. It's an extremely potent red and it's also pretty hard to play against. You run into some interesting situations where if you're playing the Torbran deck you play you know, whatever for the first three turns, and then if your opponent leaves up removal on turn four to try to snipe your Torbrand, and just play something else, and then they have to wonder they have to debate whether they want to use their removal on whatever the other threat you played, which is not going to be as potent as Torbrand, or if they try to wait for Torbrand, in which case you can keep on developing your board. I think it leads to pretty interesting games, although oftentimes they are one-sided because Torbrand just does so much damage. and Curve out to Torbrand on turn four all the time, so I I, I don't think it's particularly close. Torbrand's probably the best aggressive commander out there and uh, a great tool for anyone that likes playing Red Dead. Okay, number two may surprise you. I actually think that Oko, Thief of Crowns is number two on the Pirate. For those of you who are keeping track. You might know who I think is number 1. Oko, we've talked about how good Oko. Is. It's an early threat that takes down opponent's creatures. He has an absurd amount of loyalty. He can steal opposing creatures or artifacts. He's in green where there are a lot of other powerful cards such as Voracious Hydra, Questing Beast, Nyssa. But I do think that the limitations of being locked to simic colors prevent him from being the top dog as far as brawl commander. Of course, if you're playing Oko, you're looking for the turn 2 Oko with either our Burial grazer or gilded to get him out on but he's not quite my number one. My number one commander in Brawl right now is Golos Tireless Pilgrim. We all know that Golos in Field of the Dead was so powerful that they had to ban it in standard. And you can do that in Brawl. You can't get multiple fields, at least I don't think you can. You actually you can really think about it with like Nyssa and quasi Duplicate. But in any case, let's just pretend that there's only one field of the dead. That's still a zombie each turn that you have access to from the command zone every game. But I think there are two big reasons for why. I have Golos as the top. Number one is Fires of Invention. It's absolutely insane for all. Fires of Invention allows you to play your commander for free only having to pay the commander tax sub time. Say you're playing Golos as your commander. You have five lands. You play Fires of Invention. play Golos. for That works pretty much how we'd expect. But maybe a bit down the ways. But maybe you don't want to play Golos. Maybe you have plays to make. Instead you have Fires of Invention play and you hit seven. Play Golos and activate him. Which means that you're never out of cards or things to do even if you're empty-handed. Not to mention, being a five color commander, you get access to all the most powerful cards. So, Fires of Invention into Casualty, or Fires of Invention into Time Warp, or Fires of Invention into Garrick Cursed Hunts. You get access to all these extremely powerful cards, and with Fires of Invention, you basically get them for free. And that leads me to the other reason why I think Golos is top dog. Because Golos is a five color commander, it can adapt to anything anyone said. If aggressive decks are popular in the metagame, you have free access to modifying the mana Base so that you can cast cry of carnarium or flame sweep if people are going big and playing seven drops and x spells you can add more counter magic to the golos deck in order to combat that I think that the true strength and what makes Golos the best commander is flexibility and ability to adapt. You have access to all five colors of mana. You can create any effect there is in magic. You don't even really have to play a five color deck in order to play Golos. You could just play a couple of lands that provide mana for the activation. In any case, I think that Golos is the strongest commander available and I think it's going to be really tough to top the legendary artifact. Also, if you're wondering why it's not Kenrith or Niv-Mizzet Reborn, those commanders do have huge advantages as well, but I think that Golos is just the best cast multiple times per game all right well there's my power rank for the top commanders right now let me know what you think i'm really interested to hear other people's input and uh maybe we'll make this a monthly thing based on trends maybe i'll revisit this in december and see how the metagame is doing certainly when the next set comes out and we get to see what goodies theros brings to brawl we'll do some reevaluation that's it for this week's episode of the brawl project thanks for listening i hope you have a lot of of fun challenging your friends to historic brawl battles because really the possibilities are limited. Okay, well, they're fine. They're limited by Magic Arena's capability. But as far as Magic Arena goes, it's probably the most limited format you have access to. In any case, I'll be back next week with not only another podcast, but my article on Star City Games will be out on Monday. And catch me live at twitch.tv sunnyvale Monday through Thursdays at noon, where during that time slot, I exclusively stream brawl. Also, if you're going to Command Fest to Seattle this weekend, I'll be there. I'll be battling brawl all weekend come say hi i'd love to meet you all right thanks for listening see you next week if you're looking for the best place to chat with other brawl enthusiasts and find people to direct challenge on magic arena make sure you check out the brawl project discord You can also catch The Brawl Project live at twitch.tv slash sunnyvale, Mondays through Thursdays at noon, and there's always a new article available each week at starcitygames.com. Thanks for listening to The Brawl Project, and we'll see you in the Singleton Slamdown.